0: Hello everyone, welcome to Battle Within, a podcast about our journey together with post-concussive syndrome. I'm Drew Neiman. I'm joined here today by my lovely wife, Terry Neiman, who is the inspiration for the podcast. If it's your first time here and you're not sure exactly what post-concussive syndrome is... I recommend checking out episode number one. Today, we're going to tell the story of Terry's first documented concussion and how it immediately led to concussion number two. Terry, are you ready to go?
1: Apparently, yeah.
0: Let's start at the beginning. Number one, the first concussion. Tell us what happened.
1: This just also like to say you're joined here by our dog, too. <laughs> so, we hear the bone dropping like you did or whining. Yeah, that's perfect. So, concussion number one. Yep. When I was doing really well, I was on this wellness kick, cycling, outdoor cycling and kettlebell. I dropped close to a hundred pounds naturally, weight watch a leader, held it off for two plus years. So definitely, in my opinion, feeling well and doing well. I was eating right. One day just went out for a casual ride on our, my road bike with a friend of mine to go get coffee. And that came into much more than what we bargained because I had an accident on my bike. I wound up going headfirst into a brick wall as I was descending downhill. I remained clipped in. I used my arm to kind of halt myself, stop my fall, but that Mm -hmm. crushed my arm. And um, I broke it in my, my shoulder three spots pretty significantly. It was just dangling there. And my head was swollen. So when the paramedics arrived on the scene, uh, they were much more worried about, obviously, my head and my neck than my arm, which is all I gave a crap about. I kept telling them to, please look at the arm, and I was actually screaming and crying and bloody murder over the arm. All they cared about was keeping me still. When I got to the hospital and everything cleared, because it did clear, because they, you know, not, as you know, many of you probably know, is unless it's bleeding or cracked concussions are not going to show up on anything that they're testing.
0: Typical CAT skins and all, all the normal checking out stuff, but because there's no bleeding, it, it just kind of got put to the side and then the focus turned out to really be on your shoulder. Is that correct in the beginning?
1: Oh yeah. But then yeah. You, were, you pay attention to that because I was really actually pushing for that too. Yeah. So then I dealt with excruciating pain in a chair for nine months. I'm not being able to wash my own hands, shower myself how to figure out how to, cause they don't cast a broken shoulder. So I was told I had to move it to keep it from getting frozen and, um, trying to figure out how to even move it even just a little bit it would take me like a half an hour. It was definitely an uphill battle and my body was dealing with so much that I guess my head took a backstage and I never really noticed anything with my head because I was, it was all about that pain in that arm. About 12 weeks in, I was ready to go back to work and getting cleared from my orthopedic shoulder doctor, and I was super pumped and excited about that, because that's exactly where I wanted to be, and I'm a teacher, and it's in my heart. So that day, that exact day that I was supposed to go there, I had gotten vertigo, which I had had no experience with vertigo. I had no idea what the heck vertigo even was. Just spun out of control wound up hitting my head on my porcelain bathtub because I was heading to the bathroom when it came on, and it just knocked me down and out. I remember getting up and going into my bedroom and then passing back out, and that's all I remember. When I got back up, I tried to get back downstairs with (laughs) vertigo, and I couldn't even lift my head, and I was a mess. I know I wasn't making any sense when I was talking to my husband when, when Drew finally arrived later and he was concerned with getting me to the hospital that's all he wanted to do was get me
0: to the emergency room right true yep that's exactly right so let's just kind of pause here for a minute if you don't mind terry just to bring some clarity yeah
1: i don't really talk as clear as i should so no
0: no it's it has nothing to do with clarity from that perspective you're talking about when you had the bicycle accident initially that you remained clipped in and just for folks out there who don't know what that means is uh, special bicycling shoes actually keep you attached to your pedals so when you hit the wall the bike came along with you right okay yeah so that happened the other thing too that I think is important to talk about here the first time you hit your head was the fact that you had your helmet on now What would you say would have happened if you didn't have your helmet on? And secondly, what did the helmet look like after the crash? Oh, yeah, that's
1: probably really important. My helmet was destroyed. And my bike was too, by the Mm -hmm. way, although I kept saying that I wanted to keep the bike. My husband lovingly repaired that because I repaired for me and got me a new helmet. But my helmet was destroyed. My head was destroyed. And without that helmet... um, pretty positive i may not be functioning or dead that's definite
0: yeah if you stick around here long enough i'm sure you're going to hear rantings and ravings about the importance of helmets here with us obviously yeah. we're both big proponents of I that i kind of
1: yell at people yeah when I see them. i'm driving by and be like where's your helmet yeah
0: she literally <laughs> sticks her head out the window and yells at people because they don't have their helmet on when they're riding their bikes <laughs> i'm a cyclist too so i have to make sure that i always wear my helmets i was always good about it but obviously since this happened to Terry, uh, I'm much more uh, diligent about it. Not even the simple uh, rides down the block with my grandson. I still put my helmet on when those rides occur. Yeah. Be a good example for him as well. we not poor grandkids.
1: I'm yep. always like, even if they're on the bike for a second, yep. Wait yep. don't get your helmet. Oh, they know. Yeah,
0: it's not, not necessarily a bad way to be.
1: Yeah, well, when you don't realize the importance of your head until something happens yep. to you, you know. And then. Don't realize how how it impacts everything.
0: Yeah, that kind of leads to my next question. Was sort of kind of finish the story. Well, yeah, I I do want you to finish the story. you were talking about the vertical part of it. Yeah. yeah. So what happened there? How long did it take you to recover? Was that first like
1: I remember three days? Maybe. Do you
0: remember? Yeah, like the episode was about two and a half, three days.
1: We wind up going because I was insistent upon it not going to the emergency room. We went to my orthopedic doctor because that's where I went to go because I was returning to work and that's what I kept saying to Drew and Drew being a loving husband and puts up with me, she'll learn that, decided he probably couldn't be winning that battle and we were going to the orthopedic doctor first because he knew better.
0: Yeah, step number one. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: uh we get to the orthopedic doctor who's extremely concerned looking back at that. He looked like a deer caught in the headlights like I don't want to clear her. What do I do? And my husband's sitting there saying, you clear her for the arm. I'll take care of the rest. <laughs> so basically, he gave me, I was just happy. I was walking out with my note to return to work. Yay, yay. And then my husband's like, and now my deal is we're going straight to the to the ER. So he got his deal because I got my deal, right? So we wind up at the ER. Uh, incident of vertigo happened right there. They were running mm-hmm. tests and nothing was coming up because guess yep, what? Yep. It was post-concussive. Syndrome. And so that doesn't show up on anything that they're testing for. But one point I said to to the nurse, can you please let me go to the bathroom? I need to go to the bathroom. She says, yes. And a vertigo incident happened. I just collapsed in their arms and they were like, okay, well, they admitted me for overnight. That's all they did. Everything observance. Yep. That's correct. And then the night, and I was to get in touch with a neurologist like right away. And there begins my first journey with specialist and neurologist and concussion stuff so one led into two and everyone knew I had one because so I was dealing with the arm and two came from the, the second hit where I had another bump nice big bump on my head again from the porcelain tub and the vertigo here's my story
0: all right Terry. during the process here when you were recovering from the first and the second concussion what was the length of time that it took for you to be cleared from both because you started with a neurologist
1: uh, 11 months
0: and during those 11 months uh, what kind of medications did you take and what for
1: Gabapentin
0: was the one
1: for um, like headaches I think I remember why she was giving me Gabapentin
0: and when you went to the neurologist, I remember going with you a couple of times. There were certain things that she did, you remember, as far as testing was concerned. So it doesn't show up in the MRIs and the CAT scans and all that other stuff like it does when a neurologist is just doing simple testing with you. Do you remember what some of those things were?
1: Yes. Asking me questions and to remember things and walking and balance stuff and tracking with my eyes and... Wow. A speech, there was me speech. Really yeah, far back. but yeah, a lot of the things I don't remember because, to be honest,
0: you remembered most of them because <laughs> you got to go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to lead to my next question or my next observation was during this uh, first uh, series of concussions. There certainly was memory loss or lapses. Would you uh, agree with that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. So badly
0: that sometimes something would happen.
1: Like I'll just give you a story. This was my actual third
0: concussion no say that for next time
1: okay but I want to just tell a story about like how my memory issues when I got called up my sister two days after my birthday to tell her I was so upset with her because she didn't call me for my birthday and she didn't remind me of the phone call oh boy I was like oh yeah kind of again now I remember it so that was very typical throughout all of my concussions of I would not remember even maybe five minutes later Never mind a day or
0: two later. Well, let's end this on the, on the positive note here. Kind of got in the lay of the land with your first two concussions, but you said that it took about 11 months for you to recover. Would you say at that particular point when you recovered, even though it was a good length of time, that you recovered fully, were able to do everything or almost everything that you were able to do prior to the injuries? Yeah. Yeah.
1: At first, when I was almost near recovery, we, we took in um, Drew's multi-handicap sister from another um, brain injury, TBI, but a very severe case. A car accident that took the life of one of the girls. She's like 17?
0: No, she's probably younger than that. 13? Probably 14-ish. Like, yeah. yeah,
1: they took the life of one little girl and then pretty much took the quality of life of Holly, uh, Drew's sister. So we, unfortunately, Drew's, lost both of his parents cancer at fairly young seven both of them and then six months of each other and then holly was in group homes and not faring so well and we agreed to uh, take her in so i i had recovered enough to feel confident enough to take care of her i did that for 15 months i believe yeah and they're about also back at teacher too yes. so and that takes you to be fully recovered, in my opinion, because you're dealing with, well, multitasking and teaching on the fly and and planning and prepping and deadlines and everybody who teaches knows what I'm talking about. It's just, you're just constantly, your brain needs to be sharp.
0: Well, also the fact that you were a special ed teacher and, you know, when you went back to work, working in the classroom when you had 15 or 20 kids at the same time that all had specific different needs wasn't even like a regular classroom, no regular education setting. And, nope. you know, there's a I lot had, of balls in the air and that type of thing. Absolutely.
1: I had yeah. ninth or 12th grade, and I had every subject that they needed support in. I was to help them in. So, Jack of all trades and Master at None. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, so there was a lot of balls in the air. You had an awful lot of success the first year that you went back. Very uh, much so. Even in a new school district, because I'd managed to move, relocate yeah. between all of these things, right? Yes, um, I was actually had
1: taken so I had a lot of fear from getting back on my bike, and I had besides gone back to work full time, gotten back on the bike. It took me a long time and a lot of nerve to really get that back up because I had built up well, no, I had a lot of anxiety, period. Yeah. There's no other way. Yeah, to so just a lot of anxiety. I actually had gotten back on it, so. I was was at the gym again, and everything was back in place and doing well and had been doing well for a while because, you know like I said, I had been taking care of Holly too. To do that, I had to be sharp.
0: Okay, Terry, so it looks like you've done a pretty good job of laying out first two concussions for folks listening in. Before we close up shop for the day, is there anything else that you would like to add about first two concussions about how they happened and lessons learned and things of that nature?
1: No, I don't think so. I did, just, they went, I came out of them quick, quicker than it may seem like a long time, 11 months, but maybe should explain that I was told by the neurologist, yeah. my official diagnosis was that I was a mess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and that's what you that. said. I couldn't even string together a sentence. <laughs> I couldn't talk. It was terrible. So it may seem like a long time, 11 months, but it was severe. My concussions were. Uh, I was
0: severe. I was uh, not in a good
1: place. Would you agree?
0: Not for the first half of that 11 months. uh, I would say the first six months were really bad between the broken shoulder and then the concussion and everything that came along with it. You know, slowly but surely, I would say after that particular point, you could see you day by day making gains until you got back to being yourself.
1: And so for 11 months to fully
0: recover and be fully
1: back to doing everything you were doing, that's not bad. It's
0: really oh, not no. bad. It's like a like a season of life type of things is, is the way I've I've looked at it. It's reflecting on what happened then. All right, Terry. So I think we're gonna wrap it up here for today. Well before we go, it's I li- fun. Yeah.
1: I like talking about myself. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Right, if you guys have any questions or you wanna pop in anything that you wanna ask or talk about yourself and your stories. We would love to hear from you too, because yeah. this isn't just about me. It's going to be about you and your needs and your journeys. And we're going to be bringing in special guests and other things. And we hope that it's so beneficial for
0: not but you. Thank you, Terry, for that. As Terry said, if you're enjoying the show, please make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google, and Stitcher. And please be sure to share the show with anybody that's in your circle that might be going through something similar and, you know, as this also progresses the show, it's also going to be about the folks who are involved with the folks who have the post-concussive syndrome, such as family members and caregivers. Uh, that's an important part of the show for us as well. want to make sure that we give a shout out to those folks and uh, help them along as well. You can connect with us also by uh, checking out our website, abattlewithin.com. And show notes and resources for each episode will be available there. We're going to be starting up a Facebook page called The Battle Within as well. It'll be a group that's intended to be developed into an online support group in the future. So reach out to us briefly. As Terry said, tell us your story. Until next time, for those recovering, give yourself some grace. And for those who know someone recovering, show them the same and a great deal of love. Keep battling. Take care.
1: Okay. Where you going to yeah. say take care? Now you're yeah. signing off on that one. but. I do want to just mention, and I don't know if you've said this already, but that we're going to have um, speakers that will, we're going to talk about like ways of helping, like what worked, what mm-hmm. didn't work. Yep. So it, I think that that will be really beneficial because there's a lot of times I try things
0: while well, just ridiculous
1: and did not help and actually hurt to spare you from that or to maybe guide you in any way.
0: We'll give you ideas, if nothing yeah. else outside of the box stuff
1: maybe some of the specialists that we use and hmm. products yeah. yeah lots of things yeah. like that so hopefully this will be really good resource for you peace out all right peace
0: out keep battling
1: everybody see you next time take care Bye bye